Welcome to SBL Perspectives, the pulse of school business. And the official podcast of ASBO International. The official podcast, and I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bricado. John Bricado. So, uh, you know, every now and again, we have an episode that, um, you know, well, we have the stories, obviously, and we've been hitting every state, and this is great. I wonder if you can count this also. I won't give away what state, but we did have someone from a different <laughs> we have state two, today. two different ones. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one, we have business official. And so this information is more so for our, our peers and our listeners to really gather uh, something to really help out your business office, um, your overall processes. Uh, so, John, well, you know, let, let us know exactly what um, we have in store today. Yeah, today we're really focusing on financial transparency and reporting. And we dive into the annual comprehensive financial report or the ACFR, as you'll hear it referenced in the episode and the certificate of excellence financial reporting program through as ASBO international. And both of these are again, just a really comprehensive uh, amalgamation of your finances and bringing greater transparency to your district, which will benefit your business office, highlighting the folks that put everything together year round, your, uh, your community is going to see, yeah, of, of yeah, your bond rating, you know, a lot of this information is, is already in your continuing disclosure, but we won't dive into too many of the specifics. We'll save that for the, the conversation. But, you know, today we have Sarah Kirk and Kelly Benusa. Uh, Sarah is a CPA and Kelly is a practicing school business official. And they both give their unique perspectives on the value of the ACFR and the COE today. So um, a really fascinating conversation and a lot of good information to take home with you to maybe put your own act for together moving forward. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Sarah and Kelly. Today on the podcast, we have Sarah Kirk, CPA at Heinfeld Meech & Company in Arizona, and Kelly Benusa, Director of Business Services at ISD 279 at Osea Area Schools in Minnesota. Welcome, Sarah and Kelly. We're happy to have you on the podcast today. Sarah, Kelly, how are you? This is Sarah. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having us on the podcast. We're excited to be here today to talk about ACFRS and the COE program. Very exciting stuff. Yes, we are really, really excited ourselves, John and I, uh, to finally have done this episode. This is one that we actually had in the makes um, uh, from last fall when we um, partnered up with ASMO International. And so we really want to be able to get this out uh, for our peers to see, again, like you, like you said, the importance of doing this and and um and why. So, we'll, but before we get started, what I like to do with any podcast is, you know, we really we want to gain a sense of of who's on, um, and maybe if you want to give a little just brief background, uh, you know, of your experience, um, and, and just you know, this way we'll kind of get it, see where we're coming from with this. Yeah, maybe Sarah, we can kick it off with you. Sounds good. So um, as John indicated, I'm Sarah Kirk. I work for Heinfeld Meech and & Company, and we are a governmental and nonprofit-focused CPA firm that's based in, like he said, Arizona. So I'm coming from the very hot Phoenix area right now. Um, it's just dry heat. I was just in San Antonio, so I was reminded of how much more I like dry heat. So, okay. um, and, but, um, so my background, I've been in um, a governmental accountant, you could say for tw uh, almost 24 glorious years. Wow. I spent my first 17 years at the firm on the audit side of our practice. So as a governmental auditor working with local governments, we were heavily involved in drafting 
the ACFRS and, you know, gap-based financial statements for governmental clients as they often rely on their auditors for some assistance in that. So I had experience for many years on the audit side. And then about six years ago, I moved to the consulting side of our practice. And so I still help local governments, but just a little bit of in a different capacity. Um, And then I've been a part of this program at ASBO International. So I am on the um, the Certificate of Excellence Advisory Committee. And I've been okay. on that committee, I think, for probably 15 years now as their wow. kind of main professional technical reviewer. So what happens okay. is, is we'll talk a little bit about these, you know, ACFRS in, this, in the program in a, in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, when local governments are submitting their ACFRS to ASBO, they're then submitting them back out to professional reviewers like our firm. And so okay. we look at their ACFRS from around the country to determine if they met the eligibility criteria. So I probably look at about, I don't know, 120-ish okay. local government or school district reports a year from ASBO International. And so, wow. and so not to interrupt you before we get to Kelly, just because folks may not know, the ACFR is the Annual Comprehensive Financial Report, right? That is correct. correct. And, <laughs> yes, then, and have- then COE, sorry, COE is a Certificate of Excellence. That is correct. So we, we use a lot of acronyms, as you guys know, in governments, but you, sure, yes, right. so sorry about that. I jumped right in with the acronyms. No, but. it's fine. I just wanted to listen to, you know, Kelly, we wanted you to also provide some of your background experience for our listeners as well. Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I am currently at the Osseo Area School District. Um, Osseo is the fifth largest school district in the state of Minnesota. So we have over 20,000 students that we serve wow, um, at multiple buildings within like a six square mile radius that kind of puts a little bit of a, a visual on what the district looks like that I've been at. Um, I've been there um, since 2001 um, in my current position as the director of business services. Um, throughout that time, I've always been involved with um, ASBO. Um, and part of that is uh, being on the same committee as Sarah, the Certificate of Excellence. I'm the current chair for that committee for ASBO. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, welcome again, both of you, and uh, thanks for providing that background. So let's kind of jump into it. We've already heard the ACFR uh, acronym, so the Annual Comprehensive Financial Report. Sarah, can you kind of let the listeners know what makes it different from your typical annual financial report, and why should a school business official even really consider completing one? Yeah, so... Um, an ACFR, so an annual comprehensive financial report. What that really is, is it's a it's a financial report that's, you know, a financial report format, I should say, issued by governments. And what it does is it, it contains additional information that goes beyond the minimums that a government is required to report in accordance with GAAP, so generally accepted accounting principles. So as a local government, most are required to Um, prepare gap-based financial statements. So, you know, not to bore everybody with a lot of the the technical accounting thing, but there are certain, right, financial statements that we're required to report and on a certain basis of accounting. We have to do notes to our financial statements. We've got certain required supplementary information. All of these things we have to include in our financial report or they would be determined deficient in some way, right, from a gap or an audit, you know, related... um, um, perspective. So with an ACFR though, what this does is it requires your financial presentation to include some additional information that wouldn't be required by GAAP. So specifically, I would point out to the listeners 
that it's going to require two additional sections to your financial report. One is an introductory section. So that okay. introductory section is going to contain things that kind of introduces the report to the readers of the financial statements. So what I always tell people is, is it's basically an executive summary. So as a government, if you think about, you know, what a for-profit company would do, you know, they would have maybe some type of, you know, what they would share with their shareholders and, and information that they would want to share. That's what you're able to do in that introductory section of an ACFR is you're essentially preparing something um, you know, a written narrative signed by like the superintendent and CFO to kind of introduce your financials. And then it also contains information like your organizational chart. It's going to contain your list of principal officials. It's going to contain things like your certificates. So if you are awarded the Certificate of Excellence Award from ASBO, you would put the certificate in your introductory section of your ACFR in the following year. So you've got kind of a whole section of, you know, kind of a whole new section that you would not have in your normal financial report. And then the other thing that's different about an ACFR that I would draw your attention to would be that an ACFR has a statistical section. So after the financial statements section, there's a whole section, you know, after that, that third section of an ACFR for your statistical section. And that is where you can provide most of the schedules are 10-year trend, you know, 10-year trend information or, you know, other information that's required about maybe your revenue capacity or what debt you have outstanding as a government or, you know, who are your main taxpayers? Who are your main employers in your area? It's really to provide the readers of your financial statements some additional information that would not normally be required. So those are really the, the things that I would kind of highlight as what sets an ACFR apart from just your kind of basic required gap. It, it sounds like, government. it sounds like that that's the reason why it says comprehensive, right? It's so much more. And for what you're saying, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I am curious about one thing, but um, the statistics, that's great. I think that this is something that really school districts should do because now you're giving more information to the public, right? And you're more transparent and you're showing more. I think this is great. Um, and me learning about this is awesome. But my, my actually a side question here would be like, how long has this really been around? Because, um, you know, I've been doing this short of a decade and, and um, I hadn't been familiar with the ACFR. Is this something that, that they've been, this has been doing for a while or is it relatively like, um, you know, the past 15 years or so? So the program's been around for about 50 years. I can't quote you. Wow. I can't remember the exact year, but I mm -hmm. want to say that it's been around about 50 years. And it really is an elite program because I know at one point and, you know, don't, you know, somebody's probably going to go back and, you know, edit the stats on this. But I remember hearing at one point, and I haven't Googled this in a while, but that there's what, 13 or 14,000 maybe local school districts in the country. And, okay. and this program has about, 500 to 50, between probably 550 and 560 in the participation range. So you can wow. see that it is wow. a very like elite group of school districts that participate. And not to cut you off, but in every school district, right? They can prepare this report. Is that correct? So every school district could prepare this report. Okay. Um, what makes it easier for a school district is if you're already required or if you're already preparing gap-based financials, Mm -hmm. Then all you really have to do, you know, I always tell people, then you just have to add this, basically those sections that we just talked about, that, that introductory section and that statistical section. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel to do it, right? 
people have already done it. So there's oh, you know you tools and resources around right. you. Talk to your neighboring districts. Network mm-hmm. with districts that are already doing it. Look at ASBO's website and see what's already been published. You know, there's just a oh, lot of great. information out there for you to yeah. kind of utilize to expand your current financial presentation. Yeah, I was going to ask that too. Was it going to be too much more of a cost or a burden? But it sounds like it's not. So, and you said there's templates and models out there for you to follow. It makes sense then to, to really do something like this. That's great. Yeah, and it almost sounds like you're incorporating some of those elements of like your official statement and things like that. So the data is there. It's just kind of pulling that into this ACFR. Uh, And then, Sarah, I mean, one of the biggest issues in the profession is finding time and finding uh, like an ROI or really should I divert some of my time from, you know, thing A to thing B. What is the benefit in preparing one of these things and, and, and why does it matter so much? So I would say from my perspective, I mean, there's several benefits. This is probably a good question. I'll probably pick, you know, have Kelly Kelly in on this one too, as well as a school business official, because, but from my perspective, one of the main things I can tell you, we have, um, from our firm's perspective, the majority of our school districts do, do ACFRS, um, out here in Arizona. So we're a state that's, you know, a heavy participant state. And the one thing, the one benefit I would see that comes from it, or the main benefit that they they like is that it really helps with continuing disclosure, meeting continuing disclosure requirements. So if you are somebody who has, you know, issued debt and you are responsible for meeting certain continuing disclosure requirements, I mentioned that statistical section, that Mm -hmm. statistical section, you have to follow what GASB 44 requires you to do but you can also tailor those schedules if you need to, to make sure that they also align with your continuing disclosure requirements. So what happens when you do an ACFR is, number one, it forces you to kind of file earlier. So depending on what your filing deadlines are as a state. In our state, I can say in Arizona, your financial statements wouldn't be due until nine months after fiscal year end, which if you have a June 30 year end, that would be March 31st. It kind of aligns okay. with our single audit, you know, federal deadlines. Yes. But when you do an ACFR, the deadline is six months after your fiscal year end. So that puts you at 1231 mm-hmm. as far as, so it kind of expedites the process. And then for those of you that know about continuing disclosure, many times that's due right at the beginning of the new year, right? End of January, beginning of February. True. So once you have that ACFR done, you not only have this more comprehensive and transparent document, but then you're able to file, you know, file, get that sent off to ASBO for review for the program. And then you're able to submit it where you need to submit it for, you know, continuing disclosure. Then I would point out there's some other, you know, there's certainly some other benefits. Maybe Kelly, I'll let you kind of speak on that from the school district side rather than the, the CPA practitioner yeah, side. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Sarah. So, you know, I would echo too that whole um, potential improved bond rating when we um, go out and issue bonds, um, the rating agencies know, they know what it takes to, to issue one of these um, ACFRs and, and they know the level of um, skill that is needed to be able to complete one accurately and to receive that award year after year. Um, and so they have increased confidence in our financial statements and our reporting abilities when we have that conversation for a, a bond rating. Um, and so a lot of that information that they would ask us to gather as we go through that bond issuance process, we already have that in the report. So you don't need to go out and do it again. So sometimes it may feel like it's more work, but it actually saves you in, in the long run if you do issue um, 
that in a, in a continual kind of process within your district. Um, another uh, benefit of this award is it really increases your trust and transparency with your district and your community. Um, they see that you're willing to put more information out there in a financial format um, that they can then review and ask questions of. And then they can, pick, can compare us to other um, school districts that have that act for also. Um, and then your business office, I think that's one of the additional benefits of this. It's just really a great way to showcase your staff and provide recognition for all their hard work and expertise. They usually aren't the ones being recognized in the district. Um, and so it's really nice to be able to showcase um, their talents and hard work. Yeah, and then Kelly, if, if a district is interested in pursuing this, like where, where does somebody even start to try and consider completing an annual comprehensive financial report? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good question. A few years ago when we had a big GASB implementation, we had to add more reports. Um, it was like the ideal time for districts to add to it. So within Minnesota, I was um, promoting it to other districts across the state and offering help um, that, you know, they could either contact my, my district office or they could contact any Minnesota district um, that currently had an effort and we'd all be willing to share information because once you get that template going, um, it's really just updating it year after year. Got it. Now, does your office prepare the entire report or do you engage any um, outside help? Yeah, we do. We work with our auditors. Um, okay. For sure. For sure we do. Um, especially recently with all the new GASB updates, you know, we just oh, need to make yeah, sure that we're year. complying <laughs> with all the new requirements and um, making sure we have that other expert set of eyes like what Sarah's office offers to her clients. Oh, if, if, we're, if we're thinking about the the act for just in in of itself, I guess like from your experience, Kelly, how many pages are you are you talking about here? If we can just give the listenership kind of a, an idea of what the undertaking is. Sure. I think our report's a little over 200 pages. We kind of go a little bit above and beyond. So we put a few more um, stat tables in than we wouldn't necessarily have to. Um, it is quite lengthy, but again, um, some of those um, pieces of the act for like the management discussion and analysis, it's really your chance as a district to tell the story of your financial statements, because sometimes people can look at the statements and understand them. But if they're not an expert in the, in the financial um, preparation of reports, it might be a little cumbersome. So I kind of point our board members specifically to look at that management discussion and analysis so that they can see in a narrative form why things turned out the way they did, if it was unexpected or if it turned out to be just as planned. Great. So switching gears a little bit here, uh, Kelly, could you maybe, this sounds like it's a preempt to get the COE. Um, how does ASL International, how does the Certificate of Excellence in Financial Reporting, how does that program work with regard to, to all this? So um, so we have the, uh, the committee um, that Sarah and I are a part of, and um, it contains a number of members and um, we have a process for when the reports are submitted um, that they get reviewed by a certain um, experience level of um, individuals. And then uh, if they need a second review, we have a process for that. Um, so there's a, there's a thorough process for getting your report awarded, um, uh, providing the um, issuer with uh, comments for improvement, um, any kind of upcoming GASB pronouncements. If there's a problem with a report, we also give feedback um, on that report to um, the 
uh, submitting district um, so that we can help them get to a place where they can submit one and, and receive an award. And uh, how many districts would you say are participating in the COE right now and submitting their reports for this review? Yeah, I think it's back to what Sarah mentioned earlier, maybe about 550 you know, districts are submitting. Great, great. And um, similar to what we were talking about with the Act for, I mean, what are the benefits to participating in this Certificate of Excellence um, and really kind of going above and beyond with the, the financial reporting program? Yeah, I think I think um, there's a number of them. Um, you know, it, imp it, it improves your credibility, so it validates like your fiscal integrity of your district. It helps to you know validate that commitment that your district would have um, to its financial reporting. Um, it shows that you have confidence in your financial reporting because you're going for this extra layer of um, reporting excellence um, that you wouldn't necessarily have to. Um, you could achieve savings by getting a better bond rating because the rating agencies know what it takes to get that information and you'll have that information available and ready for um, review with the rating agencies. Um, it provides transparency. You share information, you know, again, above and beyond what's required of a GAP. Um, and then that recognition, I just think that's so important to be able to recognize your staff mm -hmm. when they do such an excellent job um, so that your superintendent, your school board, your community, any other financial entities, they understand um, the skill set that you have available so that everyone can have more confidence in what you're providing. Uh, sounds like, yeah, some real tremendous benefits there, Kelly. Just um, out of curiosity here, how many years has your district uh, participated um, in a program and, and received the uh, COE? Sure, yeah. We just, we just received our 33rd um, consecutive award. So we've been wow. a part of this program for a very long time. Yeah, thank Congrats, you. you guys are squeaky clean. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and districts used to receive, you used to receive, just to kind of comment on that too, which is neat, is like, uh -huh. especially as in my years of auditing and going into those conference rooms at my clients and seeing those plaques displayed. And you used to get kind of an individual plaque for each year. And then I think districts like Kelly's, who is participating in the program for so many years, were like, we're running out of wall space. So oh I think gosh. several years ago, they went to the, you know, the, the plaque and then you just right. get additional year, you know, Kelly, I think it's you can probably comment on. on that, but it's really neat to walk into a school district and see, and see you yes. know, years worth of plaques. It's pretty amazing. That's, that's the squeaky clean district. Now I'm just curious then too. Well, if you've had it for so long, 33 years, um, that in, in neighboring districts that maybe aren't doing it, why do you think that some districts um, aren't participating? Because it sounds like there's so many great benefits to tremendous, you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, just, is it is it such a longer process? I know you mentioned earlier, Sarah, that it takes six months, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do one now, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think it, I think it has to do maybe with awareness of the program. So, you know, anytime okay. we can speak about it and get that information out to our neighboring districts, that's what we try to do. Um, because it is such a great program. And Sarah, I'm wondering just on the auditing standpoint, I mean, is it a lot, is it a, is it a heavier lift for you and other CPA um, and firms out there to really be producing this ECFR? Or is it more so the district's responsibility solely to get all this information together and you kind of just go through it and make sure that it's compliant? Yeah, I would say from the, you know, the auditing perspective, these the areas that you're adding that we talked about, like more so that that introductory section, the you know transmittal letter, the statistical schedules, 
you're more so reviewing those in relation to the rest of the report from the audit perspective. You know, as you can imagine, the you know, the meat and potatoes of the report will still continue to be a district's basic financial statements, notes, required supplementary information, all the things that you kind of were already doing. So, um, but I will, you know, say that there are many districts out there that, you know, you, if you utilize your CPA firm for, um, you know, either assistance with preparing, you know, any components of the ACFR, um, it's good to have the conversations, or I should say with your financial report, if you're looking to go to an ACFR, my recommendation is make sure you have those communications with your auditors early okay. so that they can yeah. incorporate, <laughs> you know, that into their, you know, their, they understand that that's what you're trying to accomplish so that they can make sure that timeline wise, your audit is scheduled in the appropriate, you know, time in order to get that report ultimately done. But most okay. of the information that you can imagine that I talked about that was additional, that information does come from the school district. So, because I don't know who your primary, you know, employee pro property tax payers are, I can probably right, research sure. that if it's publicly available to me as an auditor from that lens. But most of the time, the the, the school districts are going to have to do those kind of additional items to, to go into the report. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, a lot of that information is already probably in your continuing disclosure documents, in your official statements. So it's not is just on the periphery here's too much additional work. It's just really kind of aggregating all that data into a report like this. Yes. And I would say, you know, just from, you know, working with districts, Kelly and I do a presentation every year at ASBO International on this topic. Um, and, you know, we talk to schools who are thinking about doing this. And when it comes to something like the statistical section, just remember, you know, yeah, year one, it's a little bit more work because all but two schedules require 10 years of data. So you might have to, you know, kind of go back and, you know, right, pull those dusty old reports off of your, <laughs> you know, your, your, basement, your right? uh, file cabinet, or obviously every, a lot of things are electronically. But, you know, that first year of doing this, right, right it's always going to take you a little bit longer. But then as mm, Kelly sure. said, 33 years later, guess what you're doing? It's you're dropping it. off one year and adding on another year of statistical data. The okay. other question I'll just throw out there, too, I know you guys didn't ask it, but everybody always asks in our classes, well, what if I can't get 10 years of data? So let's say you only have, you know, you really can only go back and get seven or eight years of data for a statistical schedule, say. Okay. Is that going to prevent me from getting the award? And the answer is no, do mm. your best. And, but you just have to note or disclose, you know what, you know, the district is, you know, only has eight years available, will build up to presenting 10 years. So there's still, there, you know, I think the, the COE program is willing to, you know, provide some flexibilities in that initial first year, as long as you're still hitting all of the, you know, components and hitting all the boxes to kind of allow you to, you know, gradually get up to where you need to be. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it, this sounds, uh, again, really comprehensive and, and something that I definitely want to look into for my school district. I mean, it, especially to hear someone like Kelly, you know, having your district 33 years, that's, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Huge. But uh, yeah. yeah, as we wind down here, we always give our guests an opportunity to impart some advice on our listenership. So uh, Sarah, maybe starting with you, if you're speaking to a brand new school business official who just started their job or someone who's been in their seat for uh, their entire career, what kind of advice can you impart to our listenership today? I think my biggest advice is, like, I think I mentioned it a little bit before, but, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. You're not the first person to, you know, you're not the first person to embark upon the endeavor of building an ACFR. So 
use the talented resources around you, you know, use the Kelly's, you know, at your neighboring districts who will be happy to share her Excel templates for her statistical schedules. Right, Kelly? Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Putting her um, absolutely, Sarah. You know, you're not, don't start from scratch. A tr- you know, transmit a letter. Ask your, you know, again, ask a neighboring district or a mentor within the school, you know, business community to provide their templates. L- look on ASBO International's website. They post excellent ACFRs every year. So some of the top ones that the reviewers have noted are really good. Um, you know, but, you know, look and utilize the resources around you, I think, and, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Those are my main takeaways. That's good to know. Awesome. Great. And then Kelly, what about you from a practitioner standpoint? What kind of advice can you impart today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Don't be threatened, threatened by it. Don't be frightened. It's, it's um, actually a really um, doable report to for, for someone to accomplish. Um, There's a comprehensive checklist provided by ASBO. You can consult with your auditing firm that you have to have come in and do your annual audit anyhow, and they can assist you um, in building out that that report. Um, And it's also a good way to build relationships with your neighboring districts by um, sharing information across districts um, so that you can get it done. And you can build your own checklist as a reminder of those items um, that are a little bit um, harder to find if you have to go to multiple sources, and then also share that workload across your business office um, so that no one person is, is uh, completing the entire report. And then I guess my last thing is with having the report for 33 years is once you receive that high standard, you really want to make sure you keep your district right. at that level. Sure, um, it's, it's, it's a really good way to show, um, again, your community, your board, your superintendent, um, that they can have confidence in the information that you're providing. Good stuff. Yeah. Wow. yeah, really great advice from both of you. Yeah. And we really appreciate your time today. And for those listening, um, as Sarah and Kelly said, check out ASBO International's website for more information on the ACFR and the Certificate of Excellence Selection Program and reporting. And uh, we thank you both for your time today. It was really informative. Thank you. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. We love talking about the program, don't we, Kelly? We want everybody yeah, to absolutely. do it. More Thank submissions. You for having us. I think we <laughs> will have more at this. You'll have me for sure. Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Sarah and Kelly. Really comprehensive opportunity yeah. to showcase your district's finances. And I mean, 33 years for Kelly's Sorry. district, that's super impressive. And, and you know what's so funny was she was saying how they had so many different awards and now they actually have a plaque, probably have like a yeah, place right space. for each, each year. <laughs> um, but but I mean, I mean, what do you think of the episode overall? I thought that uh, this is really informative. Uh, yeah, that's and, a lot. And, you know, we were looking at the list because yeah, ASCO International has a list. And uh, Jack and I are both in New York, but, you know, there's only three districts. So I guess three. we have to add four and five <laughs> after yeah, this one. But, but I think it'll spread more, right? Yeah, and I think you can see that, as Kelly said, don't be intimidated or frightened by it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it is pretty comprehensive. But she says there's an additional 200 pages that you have to kind of go through. I mean, I think trying to wrap your mind around how to accomplish that and that, you know, when it's due six months after your financial report could be a lot. But as Sarah said, it's going to be a a heavier lift to start. But then it's just kind of maintenance after that Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're updating your 10-year statistical schedule. So. Something I definitely yeah, want to look at in my district. I think it's worth it, honestly, uh, because anything to really provide more transparency 
and this day and age for our public. And also, I mean, think about it, like more recognition for the office, like she said, and, and of yeah. course, you know, having um, an award like that, right? A certificate of excellence. Um, that's, to me, really big and, and really speaks volumes to like the work that we do that hasn't always been recognized. So I think that, um, you know, having this, it's almost like it doesn't hurt. You know, you're, you're already financially yeah. reporting each year. Um, like you said, first year, put in the work, punch it out, and and then you'll have something like this as comprehensive. That's the name of it. Right. Annual comprehensive right. report the act for. So, um, you know, I'm all for it. I'm obviously we're not gonna get anything out of trying to promote this, but just in having this conversation, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you do it? And I mean, if there's only 550 school districts nationwide that are doing it, out of 13, um, that's 500. Th yeah, those are 550 resources that you can look to to, as they said, not reinvent the wheel. So, correct. Um, yeah, yeah, at any yeah, rate, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today, yes. and we look forward to next week's episode.